the road to restoration. And have you ever watched, I want to I explain first to you what restoration really is and what it, what it means. Restoration just isn't a matter of taking something and bringing it back to life. It goes beyond that. Restoration literally means to restore something better than what it was. See, I don't know about you, but I've gone through trials and problems and issues in my life where I've needed restoration. And thanks to God's grace, he was able to take me to that point. He didn't just, he didn't just pull us out. He made us better than what we were. He, I'll just talk to y'all. He didn't just give you a man, give you a better man. See, y'all ain't got to rejoice. Y'all stay right where you at. Y'all going to be, be hung up in your problems the rest of your life. Keep on. Oh, boy, it's going to be good this morning. Because this is about, how many, of you, how many of you need restoration? How many of you got something on right now that you need restoration? You need God to actively do something in your life to make your circumstance or your situation better now. So if that's you, listen up. Get on the edge of your seat. Pay attention. Perk, act like you're in church, not at a coffee shop. Pastor. Pastor. Go to Ruth. Go to Ruth chapter 1. This is, this is what God does with us. God... The redemption plan of God that started in the garden... Well, actually, his redemption plan started way before the garden because Christ was crucified before the foundations of the earth, which meant that, well, never mind. We won't go into all of that. But his redemptive plan was to restore his people back to a place of intimacy with him. So he wasn't interested in just bringing us back to a, a place of relationship with him, but he wanted to take us beyond that. See, when, oh, but you have to understand what, what took place in the garden. What, what was going on in the garden was that, that God came to visit. This is why I say when he restores us, he wants to take us to a place better. So instead of just him wanting to gather his people to a place of visitation, he said, I want to inhabit. I want to dwell with my people. And there was only one way to do that, and we all know that that was through the blood of his son. If you didn't know it, now you do. There is no other way to grab that relationship with our Father in heaven except through his son. You can't go any other way. There, there is, I don't care what Oprah Winfrey says, there's not more than one way to the Father. The Bible considers you a thief 
if you enter any other way than through the door. And the Bible also tells me that there's no room in heaven for thieves. Okay. So you, you, you understand restoration. You know, you know what we're talking about. This, this is what God is trying to express to the church. And what a wonderful place of restoration. Where we find Ruth in a place of being restored. We know that Ruth, Ruth left under the direction of her husband. Oh, this is even, even more so now. If we just be obedient, wives, obey your husbands. I'm trying to help you. Even in the famine, you'll be taken care of. Even while your husband in his prayer time is getting wore out by the Holy Spirit, getting spanked because he'd done the wrong thing at the wrong time, you'll protect him. You, you place yourself into the favor of God. By being in the obedience. Ruth leaves with her husband. Husband dies. Two kids die. After they get married. Two daughters want to come back. She convinces one of them. With enough bad news. See. Oh boy. This whole book is full of restoration. But like most of us. All it takes is one bit of advice from somebody. And it will cause us to not believe that we can be restored. I wonder how many of us have, have went to make that. Man, we told Jesus, I want to go with you. And we meant it sincerely, wholeheartedly. We meant it. And then we went running up on some rattle trap. Not something you drive, somebody that's talking. We went run up on some rattle trap that told us, well, with what you, you can't, you'll never. How many of us have turned away? How many of you are walking right now with, with this bondage of unforgiveness in your life because you can't even forgive yourself because of what you've done because somebody said see if I was to tell you to tell them to go to hell with the enemy then you would go you can't say that pastor so I won't say that but that's where that talk comes from It must be morning time. Did y'all hear the rooster? Well, hallelujah. Man, I, I was here by myself. and look, For the first time in years, I got hungry on a Sunday morning. And I broke myself free. I didn't care about no condemnation from y'all. I broke myself free, got in my truck, and went to the Hardee's. 
got me a biscuit. <laughs> and came back and got in the Word again. But anyway, all right, let's go. Let's go. You ready? At least we got one. If not, but for one, Lord. Ruth chapter 1. Now, I, I did move on. We're, we're in verse 18. I'm going to start in verse number 18. And I, I just, I just want to teach you. This, this might be a teachy preach because I get excited knowing that, that God's grace has no boundaries. No matter, no matter where you've been in life, no matter what you've done in life, no matter what experience you've gone through, no matter how, how hard or how bad it hurts, no matter, no matter what, God's grace has no boundaries. So I get a little excited because if he had boundaries, I would have went outside a long, long time. When she saw, this is Ruth, when, when Ruth saw that she, or I'm sorry, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Can I tell you this morning that restoration Begins with silence. See, there, there's, there's times in, in the restoration that God wants to give us, we, we've got to get to a point and a place in our life where other people's thoughts and ideas about where we are and how we'll get out or if we ever will, that has to be silenced. We have to get into a place of, I don't need you talking to me about where I've been or what I've done. If you can't agree with me that I'm going to somewhere new, when God's grace and his love and his compassion and his mercy, I'd rather not talk to you. I'd rather just keep it silent. And the Bible said that she, once she found out that she was determined to go, she stopped talking. You got to let people alone something. Man, this is good on both sides of the street this morning. You've got to learn shut your mouth. Keep your mouth off of people. When they, have, when they have come to a place of resolve in their own life and they have decided, for once in my life I believe God's word and I trust that he's going to take me to a place of restoration. And he's not only just going to take me back and, and be okay, he's taking me to a better place than I ever have been. So we have to understand that there, that restoration begins, it begins in silence. You, you've got to separate from, from all the chatter. Sometimes you've got to close yourself out of that. It's not up to others whether or not God will restore you. Thank God. I don't have to depend on whether you think I deserve it or not. And the best part about it is God knows I don't deserve it. <laughs> but see, he, he's not a God that he should lie, nor a man that he should repent. He sent his son, his only begotten son, because he loved the world. Because he loved me, he already sent Now he can't, he can't take it back. He can't say, nope, I don't love you enough. He can't do that. 
I'm not giving you a license to be naughty and nasty the rest of your life either. Okay? Some, sometimes we have to own up in our things. And I think that's what took place with Naomi. She owned up to the idea that maybe I am too far away from God. Man, I can just sit here and just work on one scripture. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. In order to move into restoration, you have to be willing to stop talking about what isn't possible and set yourself in motion towards the possibilities of what can be. If you're looking to be restored in your life, you've got to stop thinking about the impossibilities. And you've got to start walking and moving into motion, into the journey of restoration and begin believing and trusting God that all things are possible. I mean, do you... Y'all remember the prodigal? And how the prodigal left? And how bad we put it on the prodigal? Uh, how much sin that he did? And we, we call him a backslider. That's how some of the preachers preaching is, is backsliding. It's actually a misuse of inheritance. That's what prodigal means. He leaves everything that he had for his inheritance. He squanders his inheritance. And then the Bible said that he came to himself and he returned. He said, the servants at my father's house have it better than I. Sometimes, uh-oh. Sometimes it's better for you to serve in a mansion than be ruler in the pig pen. See, you think you're ruler over your life, it's a pigsty, ain't it? Why don't you just serve God? Probably help you out. There's the protection there. But anyway, he goes back and his father sees him and he meets him. Man, this is what I'm talking about, the silence of restoration. Do you remember when he approached his father and he began to tell him, Father, I'm sorry, I have sinned against you and I have sinned against God. And the father did not even acknowledge. I'll get excited myself this morning. Because I know where I was. And he come up and he said, Go get me the best rope. See, oh, Rocky. Servant, how do I break this down? Servant really doesn't mean that he had, uh, he had a place, okay? It, a servant didn't mean that you come to work for me and this is what you're going to do from now on. That, what, what comes with the definition of servant was the fact of a day worker. That meant you work today but there's no guarantee that you, that you have tomorrow. But yet, in the middle of his restoration, he was willing to take a demotion 
instead of getting booted out. So I'll take a demotion. And if all you can guarantee me, oh man, come on church. God, if all you can guarantee me is that today I am in your grace and I am walking in your mercy and I'm on the road to restoration. And if this is the only thing that you can promise me is just for today, then God, I'll take it. But we, we wonder, we wonder why we struggle with this because when we come to God and we're looking for his, humi- or his, his grace in our humility, we think that we're owed. And we think that when we come that we're guaranteed no matter what, my friend, there comes a cost in the road to restoration. Are you willing to say, God, if all you can promise is today, I'll take it? I thought it was going to be a teach. I love his grace. I would have fallen so far in darkness without his grace. I did fall so far in darkness. But when I said, God, when the Bible said he came to himself, one day I woke up. I said, wait a minute. It's better to be a servant. It's better to be a day worker in the house of the Lord than to be ruler over this old, disgusted, busted life of mine. So God, if all you can promise me is Tuesday, I'll be there Tuesday morning. Matter of fact, I'll come Monday morning and wait. And the daddy met him. He said, I saw saw him from afar off. See, it doesn't matter. Ruth was over in Moab. And she heard of God's visitation to the land of Bethlehem. And he has graced them with bread. Don't you know that part of the restoration process in the human body, when you're sick and getting well, is sustenance, it's food, it's eating. Don't, don't be hanging out in Moab. You better get your tail back to Bethlehem. You better get back to the house of bread. You better begin. Oh, and see, oh, that's all part of the process too. Because what we, oh, wait a minute. Rocky, you're going way, way, way. The prodigal comes and his daddy just said, get me the best robe. When when you're on your way to restoration, listen, the the only one that is looking at your past is you. And the haters. The, one that, the ones that can't stand the idea that you might just make something out of your life. And here comes the prodigal. And daddy said, get me. Get me. The rope. And he can't. Now you got to understand. There's no mention of taking a bath. Oh, this, oh I'm, I'm, we might not get out of verse 18. There was no mention of taking a bath. It wasn't, it wasn't the son. It wasn't the son that cleansed him from his past. Y'all think when somebody gets saved, 
that it's all their works that keep them saved. And the whole time, it's been the robe. It's been the robe of righteousness that covered his son. It's been the robe the whole time. And we have gotten to a place that we depend upon what, whether or not we come to church or not. Or whether or not we read our Bible or not. And it's nothing to do with any of that. It's all about the robe of righteousness. If you take this off, it reveals a lot. <laughs> right? It reveals a lot of bad. Keep it on for your sake. Because see, with forgiveness, oh man. With forgiveness also comes a means of protection. Oh, listen, 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 listen. Man, how did I get into the prodigal? He come to his dad. His dad covered him up. Stench and all. Come on. This, this dude just come out the pig pen. He just come out the pig pen smelling just like that which he was laying with. Let me let me leave that alone. And daddy said, here, here's a robe. I'm going to cover it up for you. See, because, oh man, his farm was off a little bit. He had to walk past. Don't you hate it? Don't you hate it when you've made a mistake? You come to yourself. And you have to walk past people that know you've made a mistake. Ooh. <laughs> and you got to walk past those people on the road to restoration. Do you trust God enough that he'll cover you with his garment and he'll protect you? His glory will become your rear guard. We, listen, if you're looking for restoration in your life, my friend, you're not going to get it by your works. You're going to get it by your trust and your hope in the Father because he's the only one that will ever restore you. You can't allow, I can't allow you, Dennis, as much as I love you, I can't allow you to restore me back to the kingdom because then you have power over me. And God forbid if I say something about your hat and it's got a Ford symbol on it or something. If it's got a Ford symbol on it, we need to have a, a, a prayer party for Dennis because I know it should be GM. But man, when, when, we, when we are willing to say, God, all else doesn't matter. God, I'm, I'm willing to walk past those that persecute me along the way because I trust that you're going to protect me. I trust that, oh, he, he put the ring on his finger and he said, here, now I'm going to give you an assignment. Now I'm going to put power in your hand. He put the shoes on his feet. 
No longer are you bound to slavery. You, you're free. It's a symbol of freedom. You, you walk. Walk wherever you want to walk. Because wherever your feet trod. I'll give it to you. But never once did his father remind him of what he'd done. He never said, you naughty, naughty boy. He never said, you've got to sleep in the barn. You've got to prove, come on, oh, this is church talking now. You've got to prove to me. I ain't got to prove nothing to you. But isn't that the church? Man, if one of our own fall, we, we are like vultures on them, man. We, we pluck them until they die. We, we, we stay on their back because of all the wrongdoing for so long that they finally get to a place and they say, I give up, I quit, I'll never be because now you have done you become the biggest Pharisee in the church. You kept going back, going, well, you know that you did, and I don't know why, and you know that you did. And now you've set yourself as the bar. Ain't nobody going to live up to your expectations, Pharisee. Thank God I don't have to. Thank God along my way, of being restored unto the Father. <laughs> that I don't have proved nothing to you. I don't have to worry about whether or not you feel like I deserve it. I don't have to worry about whether or not you think my sin was worse than the one that you're keeping in your pocketbook. Thank God for restoration. Man, y'all remember Job in the silence? I'm, I'm still on silence. Y'all remember Job? When he's going through the hell that he is going through in his life and his wife says, Why don't you just curse God and die? And because of the silence that Job took, and he didn't speak out against the Father. God began to restore. Double. Oh, he's a, he's a restoring God. It, never bring, it didn't bring him back to the same number of everything. It doubled. When he restores, he does it better. And it's not because you deserve it. It's because his grace and the love for you is overwhelming. Boy, if we could love one another the way that the Father loves us. How much greater a place would this world be to live in? Man, if I could just say, you know what? Yeah, I really wanted to go over here and eat steak today. But I know you need some, you need some talk time. I, I was going to say we just jump on the Harley. But see, I can't say that with you. And it wouldn't be much of a sacrifice for me as well. Right? Maybe we just go... Somebody sent the pastor a text message while I was in a meeting. 
of a picture of a bike sitting on the road saying, I couldn't resist. I ain't going to mention no names. But let's just say I didn't get to go riding. But restoration begins in the silence. You, you have to make a decision in your life. If you truly believe in restoration, do you truly believe that God can give you and bring back to you and pour and multiply unto you? Okay, verse 19. All right, I'm sorry. Unto you. Unto you. <laughs> unto you this day. A child is born. A son is given. His name shall be called Emmanuel. All right, anyway. Verse 19. David, don't you distract me again. Verse number 19, we're still in Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, verse 19. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. I got to put the brakes on right there. It said that until they came to Bethlehem, they went. How many of you have stopped on the way? Because you've... You've come across some things. You, you've hit a, a pothole in the road. It caused the tire to go out. And because you were frustrated, you give up. And you just said, forget it. It's not worth it. How many of you have been going along the way and you begin to chatter back and forth? You, you run across that chatterbox, the one that says, I don't know why you're trying. Don't you know it's 10 miles don't you know it's 20 miles? Don't you know it's probably going to take you? It's probably going to take you a lifetime to overcome that hurt. And God the whole time saying it might, cut, it might take a whole lifetime, but I promise you if you'll stay on the road, I guarantee you I will restore unto you what the worms have eaten. What the, oh, never mind. I'll go somewhere else again. They went until they got to Bethlehem. They went until they got, they went until they enveloped themselves in the word. Into the house of bread. Come on, follow me for a minute. How many times have you started on the road to restoration and you go home and, and, and the pastor has told you some, some, some biblical principles to help you along the way? And he says, do me a favor. Go and, go and find three or four promises in the word that meet up to what you're going after. And I want you to hold on to those. I want you to meditate on those both day and night. Be strong and of good courage. And you go and you've read it and you've actually done it for three or four days. I mean, you, you've been diligent. Uh-oh. Nothing's happening. This ain't working. And we put it down. We, we don't even give it a chance. See, they went until they got in the Word. You need to probably get in the Scripture until you live in the Scripture. Come on, church. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I mean, we want to be restored. We're asking God for all of these miracles in our life, but yet we have a tendency to give up on God before God gives up on us. 
And the whole time God's saying, if, you, if you'll just set your face. Man, can you imagine how it was with Jesus when he set his face to flint? See, he, oh man, Jesus recognized something that you and I need to recognize. We need to recognize the joy that is set before us. Because if we can recognize the joy that is set, if you knew the, okay, all right, I'm going to just get all carnal with you right now. If you knew for a fact that your numbers are going to win the lottery, you're going to play them today. And some of us, some of us truly believe our numbers are going to win. And we play it every day. Coming up empty-handed. We'll tr- oh, man, we'll trust in men. We'll trust in armies. We'll trust in horses and chariots. But the Bible encourages us to trust only in him. If you would trust in him as much as you trusted in a piece of paper... Uh oh, Tommy almost lost it. I'm going. Hang on. If we would trust in him as much as we trusted in a piece of paper, because if you take this, she's putting her hands out. <laughs> but if we, listen, if you're hungry. And I give you a $20 bill and tell you Hardy's is right there. And I put this 20 in your hand. You're going to trust that when you take this piece of paper and walk to Hardy's and sit back. Boy, you're going to order fat today. Right? Menu ain't changed for years. And you're, gonna, you're looking over that entire menu. Because you got 20. We might even double up today. But you're going to trust that when you order and you give them this piece of paper, that they're going to give you food. Tell me I'm lying. You do it all the time. You go out to eat. Charlie, when you go out to eat, well, Miss Linda, when y'all go out to eat and you have to pull your wallet out and pay for it. piece of paper dude and we trust this more than we trust this it oh it's the same thing it's a paper but what we're trying to do is feed carnality and spirituality and we try to feed carnality with spirituality and because what comes forth out of this doesn't match up to what we expect over here, we put this down and go back to that. I don't know how I got there. Why did I go there? Where was we at? Oh, they was at the okay, the house of bread. Staying in the word. If you want to be restored, you got to keep eating. If the doctor tells you to go home and make sure you get plenty of food and plenty of liquid, you go home and try to get plenty of food and plenty of liquid because you know that's the road 
to restoration. But if Jesus says, now we, we want to argue that. We want to fight that issue now. Because we're not seeing that. Well, no wonder we're not seeing it because nobody's on the road to restoration. We're on a different road, church. I'm just America. Because I live here. I'll speak about America. I ain't going to speak about nobody else's country. But America has stopped somewhere along the road to restoration. So much so that we've told God you're not welcomed in our schools. Prayer is not welcomed. Bibles aren't welcomed. Churches aren't, well, churches are not a necessity. Yep. That was the latest and greatest, right? Churches aren't a necessity, but Lowe's and the big box store. I called out Lowe's, and I shop at Lowe's. Home Depot, I called out Home Depot, but I shop at Home Depot. But they're a necessity, but the Father's house is the place of bread. The Come on, church. And we lay back as Christian people and say, it's okay. Well, Pastor, you can just do it online. I, that was the worst time of my life. <laughs> Having to sit in here and, and speak to a camera. Not being able to see people's faces. Not being able to touch and minister to people. God didn't call me to speak into a camera. He told, called me to speak into people's lives. Amen. But you're on the road. I know we all are. God's called you to restoration. You have to make the decision whether or not you're getting ready to get on the road or not. Are you willing to go in silence? This is like 30 some miles now, okay? From where they were to where they were going by foot. I don't know if any of y'all ever, if I walk 100 yards, I'm out of breath. 30 miles, two women. Now, oh, Thank you, Holy Spirit. On their journey, I have to assume it's going to take longer than three or four days to walk 30 miles. Well, let's say three days, 10 miles a day. I don't know. Some of you might be in better shape. Maybe you can do it in a day. Can you run 30 miles in a day? He'll try to run three. But even yet, whether it, let's just say it took two days. I would have to say that they needed something to eat along the way, to keep energy. I would have to say something. They were consuming something. It's just like us. Along, be consuming something. It might not be exactly what you want right now. It might not look the way you want it to look right now. It might not read the way you want it to read right now, but consume it along the way because there's going to come a time when you walk into Bethlehem and you actually get into the house of bread. And now that house of bread is going to be so overwhelming and so overloaded that you can begin to eat to your heart's content. And every time you turn to Scripture, God's going to be speaking to you and the next thing you know you've come out of where you were you've been fully restored and everything yes. plus some has been brought back to you yeah, that's right. don't stop along the way 
Don't give up hope now. Don't, don't quit now. And it doesn't matter how far away you think you are. Ruth is in Moab. And God still called for her. Well, Pastor, he didn't call. Look, let me tell you. Never mind. I'm not going to get in no theological debate with you. God called for her because there was a purpose. And she says, I'm going back. Here's a problem. They end up in Bethlehem. And when they come to Bethlehem, and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem, that all the city was excited because of them. Boy, if the church... I said, boy, if the church, I said, boy, if the church could get excited. When someone makes their way back, not making them toe the line, not making them take Clorox showers. But if we would get excited... Look at what happened. And this, here's, here's, another, here's another issue. Just follow along with me. Man, this thing just went like this this morning. Went <laughs> That's how it kind of happened to me this morning. That all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, look, the women said, is this Naomi? Y'all didn't get it. You didn't get it. She's been gone. Ten plus years. She's gone through a lot. She's lost her husband, her two sons, her dignity. She's been hurt. She's put blame on God. She's gone through a lot of church hurt. She, she went through a lot, and she was probably wearing it. But here was something that happened. Oh, boy, if the, boy, if the church would just... They didn't even look into her past. They called her Naomi. Pleasure. They, they called her Naomi. If we could ever get to that point to where I never have to talk to you about your past. You walk through and I don't care. It it doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter because every one of us has done something that was probably disgraceful in the eyes of God. We have stole from people. We have lied to people. We have manipulated people. Come on, church. Come say amen, pastor. Because you're part of it. We've all done it. We've all gotten there, but we want to hide in that. We're going to take that to our grave. Can I tell you that if you take it to your grave, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to do a body search at the gate. When you go to heaven, the first thing they do is a body search. They check in your pocketbook, your backpacks. You can't get into heaven with all of that. 
All of that had to have been given up at the cross. You can't continue to walk around and hide that. God's grace. He doesn't care how far away you are. He doesn't care how bad you've been. God's grace. And you got to stop carrying the stuff around. And when you begin to carry your stuff around and point at others, you become self-righteous, dangerous, dangerous, dangerous ground. There's only one that's righteous. And it's because he adopted me into the blood. It's the only reason I'm righteous. See, we're in Christ. Last time I read the Bible, it says I'm in Christ. They can't, I'm almost done. We're on verse 20. <laughs> All right, I don't know who this is for, but this hit hard this morning. So you do your own heart check. They were excited to see her. They welcomed her. They called her Naomi. They didn't bring, they didn't say, oh, here she comes. Now she thinks she, that ain't what the scripture didn't say, nothing about that. They said, hey, this is, is this an excitement? Look at what she said. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. Boy. <laughs> we were having dinner and our conversations come up and we talk about this a lot and when you're not heavily gifted in one of the areas of the five gifts that Christ gave the church when you're not heavily gifted in one of those areas it's hard for you to get into the hole with somebody and their problem. I was talking about the, the cog of the will of this church. The main cog of this church is prophetic. Because I'm constantly having you look out there. I'm wanting you to quit looking here all the time. I want you to look out there. Speak those things that aren't. Believe when you pray that you've already received. Ask and it shall be. I'm constantly getting you to look out there. So the cog of this church is prophetic. It's not pastoral. Pastoral, I'll jump in the hole with you. Prophetically, I'm not going to. Prophetically means I'm going to stand up over the hole. I might shoot a line down to you and then I'm going to go, why did you do that? Man, we talked about this last week. Come on. And I'm, I'm going to help you up and then I'm going to let you go. When you get up here, I'm going to let you go. Don't keep calling me back to the same hole. I got other people to pull out too. But isn't that just like us as Christian people? Even, even in our hurts, because it's hard, Linda, it's hard to get over past hurts sometimes. Because somebody just says something, something just happens, and it causes that wound to open back up. And the next thing you know, we're right in the middle of all the blood and the gore. 
all over again. We can't seem to get three steps out of our problem before somebody lets us get thrown back in it by ourselves. No matter how much the church offers a hand, no matter how many times people come to you and says, it's going to be okay and we're going to get through this together and God loves you and I'm here for you and we're going to help you and you're okay and God has forgiven you and all your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything is good. You don't have to. And still yet you still sit back and say, call me Mara. And then, look, look, oh man, please follow me this morning. Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt with me, dealt very bitterly with me. See how that happens when we don't want to come out of whatever it is that we're in on the road to restoration. We want to hang here and we want to bring everybody in with us. And then we want to play the blame game of this is why we're here. God, you can't call me Naomi. You've got to call me Mara because God is the, you can don't talk because you don't understand what they said to me and you don't know how they treated me and you don't know what they done to me. And we always want to point the finger at somebody else and we dare not stand before God himself and say God there is a time that I've got to take responsibility for my ignorance and I need your help and own up to it and move along isn't there a little song out there move along something and, huh move along little doggy <laughs> see told you there's a song out there for that but we want to get hung up in it we want, we want to stay we want to stay. Don't give up on him before, because he hasn't given up on you. Don't do that. Oh, man. Man, we're talking about don't give it up. Y'all remember Naaman? Go to the river and dip seven times. Now, look. <laughs> if you ain't never been past that old muddy river, you tell me to go dip in it. Told him to go get in the Jordan. Y'all know the Jordan's muddy, nasty, muddy, clay bottom. It's just muddy. And you just told a man with open sores and leprosy. Do you trust him? Amen. Naaman could have said, well, actually, he did. That dude lost his mind. And it was his servant that convinced him. Remember? Oh, man, put yourself around people that will convince you to keep walking. Put, see, Eric, I want the ones that's in my life. I want them to say, hey, pastor, keep going. Just, just keep going. I don't, I don't need your pity parties. I don't, I don't need all, I don't need you to come up and say, oh, it'd be, I got a wife for that. She holds me in the privacy of our home and I can cry on her shoulder and I don't have to worry about judgment. With you, I got to be careful because you're going to try to collect my tears and not let God correct my tears and you're going to try to splash them on me out in public. I know you. <laughs> but Naaman, if Naaman would have quit, if Naaman would have said no, I mean when he come up the first time, most of you stopping right there. 
No. <laughs> the second time? The ones that didn't stop first? Oh, you really thinking hard this time. The third dip might even have been down just like right here. You just, nah, I quit. <laughs> what God tells you to do, it may be unorthodox. What God tells you to do may be so out of line of people and carnal thinking that it will blow everybody's mind, even yours. But I promise you, if you've heard God speak to you and he told you to go dip seven times, by God, brother, go dip seven times. Don't stop at four. Don't stop at five. Get to number seven. Get to Number seven is the dip of completion. You've got to keep going until you're done. Stop giving up. Stop quitting. Man, every time we quit. I, I'm, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't even think I want, him, I don't want him to open that book up for me. I don't want him to go, Rocky, look. <laughs> you was right here. This time, this time, this time, this time. This. I don't want him to open that book. Just keep it. Father, just keep that secret. Lock and key, just put it away. I, I don't want to know how many times I was right at the brink of breakthrough, right at the brink of healing, right at the brink of restoration, right at the brink, the brink of forgiveness. I, I don't want to know where I stopped. <laughs> I want to know where I finished. Here, I got like 12 more pages notes. We on verse 20, though. For the Almighty, quit passing judgment to everybody. Quit, stop the blame game. Stop the blame game. Take, take ownership. You left, Naomi. And guess what? So what? You left. We've all done something wrong. We left. We done something wrong. But we didn't quit, Naomi. And we don't want you to quit, Naomi. Your name's not Mara. And if you've got friends that are willing to sit down in the hole with you and being broke, busted, and disgusted, you better change friends. We talk about it in the business world all the time. If you're the smartest one at the table, you better change conference rooms, baby. If I think I know this word better than everybody else in here, I better change churches, baby. I better go somewhere with people challenging me. That they'll pull out from a church and go, wait a minute, I didn't see that right there. Right as soon as you leave church. As soon as you leave church. And make you feel horrible. <laughs> Thank God for somebody that's bold enough to correct when something is not spoken correctly. Look at this. Remember, remember they left in the, in the famine? Y'all remember that? They left when there was a famine in the land. That's when they pulled out. Look what she says in verse 21. She said, I went out full. What'd you leave for? <laughs> because, because a lot of the times, Miss Linda... We don't really, while we're at the table, we don't know how full we are until we push away. When we put, we go, I mean, blow it up like ticks. 
go in the living room and lay back like a bunch of fatted calves. Man, I'm, I'm full. You didn't say that when you were shoveling the third plate. A lot of the times we don't really know how full and how blessed we are in the moment because we let every circumstance around us deceive us and causes us to move out of that. Holy Spirit, this is blessing me. I don't know who else. I know it's blessing me. In order to recognize your restoration, you must be willing to see yourself as restored. They saw you as Naomi. You saw you as Mara. She didn't even recognize the first sign of restoration. Did y'all see the first sign of restoration? It's when she came back to Bethlehem. The first sign of restoration was they called her restored. Basically, they said Naomi. They didn't call her by her past. They already, God, already, God put out that little thing out in front of you and went, here, did you catch that? It's right here. Here's the first sign of you being restored. But because you're still caught up in your last 30 mile journey. Because you get caught up kicking the rocks down old dusty cobblestone street. Saying how bad you are and how much God can't forgive you now. And you hung on it and God appears to you and lets people call you by where he's called you to. Amen. That's what they call you by. But you, no, you want to call yourself by where you've been. The road to restoration, it, it takes something from you. I'm not saying that God can't just supernaturally restore someone and take them to a place of just a divine restoration. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you in most cases, restoration is like salvation. It comes with a process. And we want to give up on the process because we, we don't want to work for nothing. Lazy Christianity. I went out full. I left the Lord when he was filling me. And the Lord has brought me home again empty. Thanks be to God he brought me home. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. Because I'm reading a different chapter. <laughs> I'm reading a chapter that he says that I am saved. <laughs> I'm reading a chapter that says that I am delivered. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm reading a different chapter. That's why I can call you Naomi. I don't have to call you Mara. Turn the page, dear. Turn, man, this is, you can't, oh, I can't. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has, and the Almighty has afflicted me? 
So Naomi, I'm almost finished. Can you, y'all, got, y'all got another hour? Uh, so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-laws, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning. Of the barley harvest. Sign number two. Of restoration. Are you, are you willing to keep going? Are you willing not to let people talk you out. Of being fully restored? Are you willing to just keep going. Against all odds. That Naomi was against all odds. A widowed woman that had turned her back. Broke, busted, disgusted, bad life, lost everything she had. But for some odd reason, she was willing to trust God. (laughs) If you'd done it before, you can do it again. If you'd done it for them, you can do it for me. Matter of fact, God, you said that you would. Because you're no respecter of person. It may not come. It ain't going to come looking like the nice little birthday cake that the other one had. It might be a cupcake without the frosting right now. But can you just hang on a minute? You're willing to give it some time. Boy, this just blessed me this morning. Because I know personally where I've been. And if I would have taken all the thoughts and all the talks about who I was and held on to them, I would have never come to a place of freedom in Christ. Because it's, it's no longer me that lives, but it's Christ in me, the one that died for me. Why do you live? Who do you live for? What do you live for? What are you willing to... Do you trust God? I get excited about grace, sorry. But I love him. So should you. I don't know what we've got for lineups and praise and worship, but we're going to do praise and worship, and this is what I'm going to ask. Maybe you're struggling along the way. Maybe you've, maybe you've set your feet on a road to restoration, and you're looking for confirmation. Can I tell you this morning? He spoke to you this morning. He told you not to quit. He told you to keep going. He told you to come home. No condemnation. No worries. It's all good. Daddy's got you. He'll take you places that'll blow your mind if you let him. 
But if you've got to have control of it the whole time, he, he probably don't want to ride. I know he don't want to ride with her. He gets in the passenger seat and he says, Rocky, you sit up front. I got to get in the back. He don't want to see it coming. We got to stop being in control all the time. So what we're going to do when we do, go to, let's, let's do praise and worship. I want to pray with you. I mean, if, you, if you've been struggling in circumstance or in life or whatever the case, then you need, I, I want to pray with you this morning because I'm tired of seeing the Christians be beat down. And listen, you, you've got to take responsibility. If you've done something, you've done something. Own up, let's move on. Who cares? We've all done something. Amen. We have all done something. We've done, some of us have done things, man, that would just... Some people wouldn't hug me if they knew everything I'd done. Not even my wife. I don't tell her everything. I'm joking. God, don't worry about my past. And he doesn't worry about yours. He went to a place and stood before thousands. Let me, let me reverse that. He went to a place and hung before thousands. He took every rotten sin that you can think of. And he placed it on himself. And he said, Joe, I'm, I'm going to die for you. I hope you know I love you. And don't worry about what you're going to do. I've already died for that too. Don't worry about anything. I... I died for that too. All I want you to do is love me. And he, this is his call. Why do, you, why do you think the prodigal son? Come on, his father put his arms and welcomed his son. It is Jesus. He's welcoming you Amen. to the house Amen. without calling you Mara, without looking yes. over your shoulder at your past. Yes. 